Come on, Calvary Church, can you put your hands together, give Jesus some praise. It is good to be in the house today. Now, one time, can you give a big thank you and honor all the fathers in this place? Come on. Dads, we love you. Happy Father's Day for those of you that are dads of dads. We're grateful for you. And uh, man, for those of you that uh, maybe didn't experience a father, hear me when I say this. A heavenly father can teach, can guide, can give, can guard as better as any human father can. And I just, my heart goes out to you today. And I want you to be encouraged today that you're not missing one thing, but you have everything in Christ. And I believe that. I believe that. We've been in a series entitled Captured by Grace. It's been fun to walk this out together, honestly. Um, Can you believe it? It's our last week of this message series. And I'm glad that you've been on the journey with us uh, through this entire series. And uh, for those that are new in this place, thank you so much for being a part of our worship experience. Uh, We just want to say a big welcome to you and thank you for being here. But I love this series. It's probably been one of my favorite that uh, I've been able to uh, preach and and really talk um, and discuss some topics, important topics uh, regarding uh, Captured by Grace. Um, But I will say that today is probably the most significant one, in my opinion, uh, because we are answering a question. In the past couple of weeks, you've heard us talk about law versus grace, right? The second week, we've talked about that uh, the distance or the difference between distance versus closeness. Third week, we talked about dirty versus righteousness. The fourth week, victim versus victor. And I love last week, I got to sit down and I got to enjoy a message from uh, a couple of our communicators here at Calvary Church. And I just want to say a big thank you to Gonzo and Jaron for speaking this message. Come on, can you say a big thank you for those of you that were here? And man, what a phenomenal message it was. It was based on, or it was the subject of of, uh, before versus after, right? Old covenant versus new covenant. What they did, they did an an amazing job of showing the difference between the two. So today, we're going to close this out, and we're going to talk about this. Are you ready? Temporary change versus lasting change. Everybody say change. I'm not talking about the change in your pocket. I'm talking about the change that you desire. Change. Everybody wants change. You want to change in certain areas of your life. We all want change. You don't believe me? Just take a look at your life right now. And you can automatically see what you desire to change. Whether it's in your money, whether it's in your relationship, whether it's in your family, your business, whatever it is you desire, change. Do you know we go broke for change? (laughs) Try to create some kind of change in our life. We go broke, we go in debt, we do everything there is possible to create some kind of change in our life. 
But I have good news for us today because Jesus came and he changed everything. Dads, I'm talking to you right now. Jesus came to change everything. Whether you had a dad or you didn't have a dad, hear me when I say this, that you have the power to change what comes after you. And I'm so encouraged by this message today because, hear me, God didn't leave us as orphans to try to fend for ourselves. By way of the Holy Spirit, He guides us and guards us and gives to us. And because we are led down a good road, guess what? Man, we learned that something changed in us. My dad has been a big inspiration for me. In more ways than one, but if you allow me just some time to honor my dad. My dad had one of the most radical shifts in his life in his 30s. I'll still say it, that the greatest miracle that God does on the earth is a transformed heart. From doubting and unbelief and from his drunkenness came out of the ashes of God's grace a man empowered by Christ's love for him. We don't normally cry at Calvary North Fort Worth, but today we will. Empowered. Empowered. And what my dad began over 30 years ago doing as a pastor, it continues. You know what that speaks to me? That what you do matters. Whether dads or moms or single people in this place, what you do matters. And I say it like this, that God is always doing something and God is always going somewhere. Can we perceive it? Can we be aware of it? So today, let's talk about it. Anybody want change? Change that lasts, right? Change that lasts for eternity. Let's talk about it. Go ahead, take your right hand, place it on your heart. Come on, repeat after me with everything that you've got. Eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, a mouth to confess. All of the good things Christ has provided for me. Come on, go ahead and give God some praise for everything that he has done in your life. Thank you, Jesus. I will say this, that the day that you believed, the day that you said yes to Jesus, Something changed dramatically. Something changed so drastic that you can't perceive it with your own eyes. I'll say it like this, that something changed on the inside of you and to God you don't look the same way. Now some of you may think to yourselves like, Something changed, but I don't see it. You may look the same on the outside, 
But on the inside, you look totally different. This is the message of the gospel. Something changed at that very moment. Your spirit man, your inner being moved from death to life. From darkness to light. From lost, now found. From an orphan, now adapted into God's family. Something dramatically happened on the inside of you. And this is where Jesus explains to his believers and to us today in John 3.3 that we were born again. We've been born again. Anybody put their trust in Jesus and seen Jesus for who he is and, and, and received the life of Christ? Guess what? You've been born again. So literally in a split second, the old you died and the new you came alive. What a radical statement. And we're going to walk this out together. But some people have a lot of questions. And so you may be thinking, cool, great. If that is true, why don't majority of believers live free and full lives? Because what we like to do as humans, we like to judge based on what we see. Remember, your spirit man has been made new. And you may have this question of how come or why does majority of believers not live free and full lives? There are two reasons. First, I'll say that they don't properly value what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Second, they don't know what happened to them on that cross. Can I point you back to the cross? Because the cross is very significant. It is still significant to this day. It was significant 2,000 years ago, but today it is as significant as the moment it happened. I'll say it like this, that every believer knows that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, but not every believer believes that they died too. So on this Father's Day, I got good news for you. It may sound weird to you, but you died on that cross. You died. You don't believe me? This is where Paul's whole message was about. Paul talked about dying on the cross. Listen to this. To the Christians in Colossae, Paul wrote in Colossians 3.3, 3, hey, you died. In Romans chapter 6, verse 8, Paul writes, we died with Christ. And then check it out in 1 Corinthians 15.22, he writes, we all died with Christ. Now, why do we celebrate the fact that we died? Hear me when I say this. Because you'll never truly live until you realize you actually died on that cross. Because by you reckoning yourself dead and alive to God, screams at me that I don't have to live in those old, sinful, stronghold, religious mindsets any longer. Any longer. And so you have to know that you don't have to try to kill your sin off. You don't have to try to cut it off. Why? Because the gospel declares that God cut it off of you already. It was called a circumcision of the flesh. The old sinful nature 
that you carried around because of your ancestor, Adam, it was cut off. Now that's radical. And that's freeing. Over here, me, practically every believer I know has lived at one time or another in what I call double-minded Christianity. On one hand, they're trying to, knit, to live this new life. They're introduced to Mr. Grace, which is Jesus. They're introduced to grace, right? And how God can empower, right? But somewhere along the way, they start reforming the old life that we inherited from Adam. And, and we, strike to, we, we start to try to fix that old self. But how can you try to fix something that's already dead? And people who live in this constant state, hear me, they live between blessing and cursing. They live between uh, favor and forgotten. Are you hearing me? They live in a place like this. And, and one day they have a breakthrough. The next day, you know what? There is no breakthrough. One day they lived as though they believed they're saved, but then the next day they're not saved. One day they're favored and then they're forgotten. Are you hearing me? One day they're, they're found and then they're lost. It's, it's this double-minded Christianity that, that, that takes us away from the radicality and significance of the cross. Again, the cross is the most significant moment in time, and it's as significant as today as it was the moment it happened. But you know what happens? For those of us that began to embrace the very grace of God, that power of lasting change through God's grace, we start living like the Bible says, here it is, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. That means as I perceive and I behold faith, then I walk out faith. As I perceive and I behold glory for seeing Jesus for who he actually is, then I walk out glory. That's how it was meant to be. So what brings lasting change in our lives? Let me give you another mental shift for us today. And walk this out with me today. And I'm going to say it like this. Lasting change requires no effort when you trust. When you trust. In a gospel circle this week, we were talking about how rightly dividing the scripture and how we can read the Bible so that way we won't be confused so that we can see what Jesus accomplished for us. And there was a statement that was made that took me back to the foundation and the simplicity of this message. And it was this. A gentleman said, I'm just taking him at his word. Now, either you're saved or you're not. Either you're in darkness or you're not or you're in light, or you're not. Either you're, you're, you're empowered, or you're, are you hearing me? We take Jesus at his word. To take him at his word. And listen, lasting change requires no effort when you trust. Because when you trust for your death, you'll begin to live from the fullness of who God is. And I can already see a lot of people scratching their heads and saying, what kind of mess is this? What is he saying? I, I can really change without doing one thing. And the answer to that is yes, you can. I know because for many years, I tried to change things about myself. But hear me, there was a moment that I 
ran out of effort. There was a moment where I was forced to trust because I grew tired and weary on running this so-called Christian race. But you know who was there to catch me? Jesus, the person of grace, grace personified. And it's as if he even says it to us today. Hey, is anybody tired, worn out on religion? Come to me and I'll give you a real rest, a rest for your soul. I'll teach you how to live this abundant life. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. I won't lay anything heavy on you for living in me is free and lightly. Matthew 11, 28 28 through 30, message version. It's beautiful. And about 11 years ago, here's what I, I did. I began my journey, my very own journey, to find real answers, real truth, and lasting change because I desired last, lasting change. Fathers, I know on this Father's Day, you're looking at your life and you're saying, am I doing it right? And hopefully I'm doing it right. And hopefully I'm doing it right. But can I tell you, God shows up in the everyday decisions of your life. I know we like the big shebang, and I know we like the fireworks and those major things, but hear me, God's power is evident in the daily decisions that we make as fathers, as individuals in our life. These daily decisions that we keep coming back to, day after day, day after day, led by the Holy Spirit, amount to generational change. And through this lasting change, the journey has been twofold for me. And it's been, number one, this, to get rid of a religious stronghold that has permeated my existence. Stronghold. Strongholds become habits. Habits become a lifestyle. To change what you do, you first have to change what you believe. I'm seeing it in my own family right now. We're shifting some things about the way we talk, about what we choose to believe. We're changing some things. But did you know that you don't have to go to church to learn religion? No, you don't. Society would do a good job of that. Yeah, even in, in, our, in, in, in school, they'll teach them, hey, you do something, you'll get something back. Every Friday, my, my son brought home a, a treasure chest toy from uh, good behavior or, or good manners or good things. And I'm, I'm not saying that all that stuff is bad. All I'm telling you is that's not the way you relate to God. God doesn't say, hey, if you're good in this season, I got a surprise for you. Come to my treasure chest, put your hand in it, and grab something good. It's not the way God does it. God is good all the time. God is good regardless of what you don't do. God is always searching how to make good out of bad in your life. (laughs) He's a good God. He's a good father. So on my journey, it's been twofold. Remember, to get rid of a religious stronghold, but secondly, to find out exactly who God's word says I am in him. What does God say that I am? So instead of of, of finding a bunch of scriptures that dealt with change on my journey, I have begun to see that through the scriptures and through Jesus and through grace that there is lasting change. 
in my life. There's no doubt about it. People are being set free every week. People come up to us and they're saying, I was tired. I was worn out. I I didn't have enough energy to do it on my own. And, And I'm so glad that Jesus came and he did it for me. And people are learning what the cross was all about. So what about us? Ready for some lasting change? Because I believe that Jesus came for us to experience that lasting change. So I want you to write a few things down. And here it is, whether you're using Calvary Church app or whether you're using just notes and note sheets. Number one is this. See truth as it is. See truth as it is. Romans 12.2 says this. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total, here it is, reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in the eyes of God. Can I put it to you like this, that when you don't see truth for what it is, your best attempt to change is going to try to follow other people's opinions. Opinions, not truth. Opinions. And hear me, hear me when I say this. I love you, church. Capital C Church, church as a whole. I'm a local church pastor. I'm for the church. But some of us got this all wrong. And hear me when I say this. Any message that doesn't include the story of Jesus, and you have a pastor telling you what to do, it's opinion. My role as a pastor and as a communicator of God's grace is to reveal the Holy Spirit that's already been embedded on the inside of you by way of God. That he would lead you to your edge of uncertainty, of fear, so that you can break through in freedom. That is my role. I'm not here to persuade you. I'm not here to convince you. Matter of fact, God's already pleased with me. I'm getting no other crown. I got the crown of life itself. So I have no other motivation than love for you and your existence here in this earth. Thank you for the golf clap, sir. (laughs) That is my role. As a minister of the gospel, do you want to know how much that frees me to be me, to not get put in a box, And to just declare this message of pure grace. Of pure grace. And so when you don't have lasting change in your life, hear me, the best thing you can do is try to fix yourself through opinions. And opinions never mattered. Because what stands the test of time is truth. And one of the greatest challenges that religion presents to believers is that it takes truth and what it does is it twists it so much in a way that it, it, you can no longer apply it. And this is why in John 8, 32, Jesus says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Know the truth. All right, let me put it like this. Jesus said, I am the truth. Know the truth. 
Everything we talk about here is about Jesus, by the way. Grace is a person. Truth is a person. The bread of life is a person. The living water is a person. The resurrection is a person. And it all points emphatically to Jesus as a big neon cosmic billboard sign screaming to humanity. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So when Paul writes in Romans 12, hey, listen to me. He is telling us, hey, there's a reformation of how you think on how you think, but you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And what's vitally important for us to grasp in this verse is the fact that Jesus is telling us to become intimate with the truth, with the word. He says that we will be set free as we know it. And that word know, I'll have you know that it means to rightfully discern. In other, wo- in other words, I'll say it like this. If we perceive truth the correct way, then we'll receive truth the correct way. My view of God has changed. And it's going to continue to evolve. I used to see God as a God who punished and as a God who took things from me and as a God that was always out there trying to point my bad out. And because of that, all I had to give God was remorse. As a father today, hear me when I say this, as a father today, man, my kids aren't perfect. I have one that still throws fits. I love him for it. But as a father, my my kids aren't perfect. And hear me, I don't expect them to be perfect. But I know what they're becoming. (laughs) Your heavenly father, what if he doesn't expect you to be perfect, but he knows what you're becoming? Because as the older that my boys get, the more DNA I see in them meaning my DNA. Oh, I sounded like that. That's me. Oh, I make those faces. That's me. What if today you see your heavenly father is delighting in who you are? What if today you just, you get a glimpse on how much he celebrates you on your good days and in your moments where you throw fits because he sees who you're becoming. Every hand lifted in this place. I don't know why we're doing this, but let's do it. Every hand lifted in this place. Lord, I thank you that you just know who we're becoming. Fathers, he knows who you're becoming. Dads, he knows who your sons and daughters are becoming. Stepfathers, he knows who your kids are becoming. Single people, he knows who you're becoming, and we're grateful for it, that this is a journey to discover what you've placed on the inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, you can give Jesus a hand clap of praise. All right. Romans 12. Paul says that we must stop imitating the ideals ideals and opinions of the culture around us 
So listen, he's not just talking about what we believe, but also, here it is, how we believe. It is critical that we change our entire belief system because we have to see the truth. Believers, you have to think about what you think about. You got to start taking those thoughts captive and submitting them to the obedience Not of you, but of Jesus. Of Jesus. What I'm saying is, is you got to start aligning your thinking with what heaven thinks about you. Here's the problem with many Christians. They don't know what heaven thinks about them. They don't know what God, they don't know how God thinks of them. So they're all confused, wrapping this if-then mentality in the darkness one day and the light the other, saved and unsaved. They're always going back and forth. But what if you had a revelation today that God is absolutely pleased with you and that he was so delighted to give you his very best and that there's not a day that you have to live this earth that you've got to pay back because he's given you everything and all you're called to is reveal his kindness and his love and his forgiveness here in this world. He's placed it in you. He's placed it in you. So we got to change our belief system. Because changing your belief system, changing the way you think, is an ongoing process. Hear me when I say this. It's an ongoing process. Many of us got a taste of religion, and we said, ah, can't do it. And I was barely in this thing. 11 years ago, and I said, oh, I don't know what that is, but that, that doesn't sound, feel like Jesus. And many of us have been in years in religion, so what many of us are doing right now is we're getting a little uncomfortable when people say, hey, you're totally forgiven. And I can explain that later, come to a gospel circle, because if 2,000 years ago when you were forgiven, then your future sins were forgiven. Okay, I'll stop there. But hear me when I say this. Many of us are deconstructing some some beliefs, some ideas. And yes, it's scary, but if you allow God to show you and walk you through that journey, I can guarantee you, you'll be more empowered in this life than that life. And so we have to change the way we think. We have to change our belief system. And it's an ongoing process. This is what is called uh, the fight of faith. You want spiritual warfare? I'll give you spiritual warfare. It's fun now. Here it is. The fight of faith, it is the fight every day on what I choose to believe. That's why Paul calls it good. It's a good fight of faith. It's a fixed fight. It's in your favor. Every day there is a fight. You best believe there's a fight. But it's not against demons. It's not against principalities and other stuff that's been out there and been preached about. It's about getting in alignment with what heaven says about me. You know why that's important? Because we got so many paranoid Christians out here. And they say, well, I'm blessed today, but I don't know. There's a demon. Don't let that demon jump on me. Get it off of me. I'm not, I'm not supposed to be over there. I'm not going to go over there. Believer, you carry light on the inside of you. That's exactly where you're supposed to be. You're bringing light into darkness. Your light, God's light into darkness. Okay, where was I at? 
you got to understand that this thing right here, the good fight of faith, it's not about demons and spiritualities and powers. And, and hear me, that makes for good preaching, and that gets a church riled up. And, and hear me, that gets people to the altar and, and, and wailing and stuff. But uh, listen, you're more empowered than that. You don't have to beg for anything. You're a child of God. And you're in his kingdom, which means that you don't have to beg. As a believer and as a son, it's your right. By the way, in the Bible, it says that Jesus destroyed and disarmed every principality, every spiritual power in darkness. Again, either we take Jesus at his word or we don't. So the stuff that we're dealing with today, because you can look in our society and you can see all kind of chaos. You can see all kind of chaos. We need people to wake up to the fact of what they carry. It's not that the enemy is stronger. It's that the enemy no longer has any more power. And all he can do is lie. And if all he does is lie, and we take those lies, then we live it out. But this is where the gospel of God's grace and love and kindness, do you want to know what it does? It combats that lie, and it reminds me of who I am. And it says that all the impossibilities before are possible now. Healing, peace, come on. All these things that we've been praying for and believing for, I actually have access to them because I have access to God's kingdom. Because I'm grafted into his family. He's a good father that chose me. He's a good father that said, I want that one. I want him. I want her. I want them all included into heaven's resources. Now go live, child of God. Wow. We're doing some work today. Okay. Number two, I want you to write this down. See him as he is. The first one was see truth as it is, but the second one is see him as he is. Okay, I love our old season saints. I love them, I love them, I love them. I honor you. Matter of fact, we would not be here without your sacrifice, your giving. But mainly what you hear when you hear this statement, you hear it from seasoned saints. And when I say seasoned, older, older. You probably heard people say this. I can't wait to get to heaven. Because then I'm going to see Jesus for who he really is. Now hear me, because even though there's some merit to that statement, that one day we will see Jesus face to face, but not examining what the scripture says causes us to miss something God really intended for us right here, right now. God is not holding out on us. God is saying, where are the people that will awaken to what they actually have? 1 John 3, 2, let me give you an example. It says this, beloved, now we are children of God, 
and it has not been revealed what we shall be. We know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And so as you read this and you look at this, it will be easy to see how you could read this verse and only relate it to God revealing himself in heaven. But hear me, that isn't where the power of the scripture is found because you see, God isn't waiting for you to get to heaven to disclose his power and nature. He wants to reveal himself to you right here, right now, in your mess, in your challenges, in your doubt, in your fatigue. He wants to reveal himself to you through his word. So in fact, contrary to popular belief, the power of God isn't revealed at your arrival to heaven, but rather it was revealed at Jesus' arrival here on earth. And religion will have you try and say, until I make it to heaven, until I make it home, then I will experience God to the fullest. But the gospel declares that he made you his home. And if that's the case, then you and I reveal, let me say it like this, we experience God's hand here on earth. Everybody take a deep breath right there. That's a lot of intake, so you got to exhale it out. Maybe that's just me. This is good news, y'all. This is good news because God's not holding out on you. And go back and, and, and see it for yourself because, remember, it says, Beloved, now we are children of God. Most believers completely skip that second word. And what is it? Now. Now we are children of God. When? Okay, right now, you are children of God. And let me put it like this. This is so important. It's this. Whatever him you see is the him that you will be. Because if you see God as a God that is twofold, blessing you but ready to pounce on you, a God that gives to you but then he takes it away, then you're not going to understand God fully and you're going to live out what you believe. Listen, I know Job said it. He's a God that gives and he's a God that taketh away. Taketh away. I know he said it. But if you go on to read what Job came into at the very end, he said, I spoke of things I didn't know of. And how many of us have spoken things that we didn't know of? We didn't understand God, but as we continue on this journey and God reveals himself in our lives, we learn more and more on how much authority, on how much power, on how much blessing and favor that you actually carry on the inside of you. So why cheapen this existence that we have today by waiting for heaven? No, God gave you heaven. And if it's always about reaching somewhere, then you'll always be trapped. If it's always about getting somewhere, <laughs> then you'll always feel like there's more to do and it's never going to be attained. <laughs> but do you know what a loving father does? Huh. 
a loving father, his MO, his agenda, is to empower his sons and daughters to overcome. And what God does, he says this, he goes, I'm going to give you everything that you'll need. First Peter, pertaining to this life and the godliness. That's everything. I'm going to give you everything that you need. All of it. And you take what I gave you and you live your life because what I gave you is more than enough. Okay, so we're children of God, as you just read. Guess what children do? In most cases, they mimic their parents. You have boys who put on shaving cream and act like they're shaving in the mirror. You have little girls who put on their mom's high heels and they walk around the house. They mimic their parents. Ephesians 5.1 says this, Be imitators of God as dear children. Every child of God can imitate their heavenly father. But instead of learning the real nature and characteristics of their heavenly father, most believers spend the majority of their time on other issues like this, battling their own weaknesses and failures. This is what it means that we've been empowered and God has given you everything you need to overcome this life because the enemy will trap you in your weaknesses and you'll be in that and you'll say, I'll never get out of it. I'm always going to be the same person. Uh, My actions don't speak of what Jesus did for me. So, man, I'm never going to move past it. But hear me when I say this, that in God's grace, this is what I've learned. Sin is no longer my battle. Sin is not my greatest fight. God has given me the spirit of a victor. The spirit of himself. And I can make an occupation of fighting sin. Hear me. There's a lot of Christians out here fighting sin. I can make an occupation of it. And that's where the enemy has you trapped. Or you could take him at his word. And when you take him at his word, do you know what happens? Your spirit witnesses to your soul. Your soul, your mind, will, emotions. Because your spirit doesn't need saving. Your soul does. Your spirit doesn't need saving. Your soul needs saving. My mind needs saving. I need to rewire some things up here to align with my spirit. Because what Jesus did was a complete work. Not a half work, a complete work. So my soul needs saving. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Soul, mind, will, 
emotions. Did you know that we talk from the place of soul more than we do spirit? So everything that we say is from the soulish realm that we feel, that we sense, that we judge based on our vision. But God doesn't judge on the outside. He judges based on what's on the inside. <laughs> and he judges, he judges you with love. Why? Because he put Christ in there. Colossians 1.27 says this, the secret is out. Matter of fact, I believe this is our summer slogan. And I want to make a banner and I want to put t-shirts on it. And I want to even sing a song about it. The secret is out. Religion will keep you hidden. Hey, there are some things that are a mystery. Yeah, don't ask questions. Don't ask that. Stop asking that. It's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. You just go with it. I love what Paul said. The secret is out. Exclamation point. Christ in you, the hope of glory. <laughs> it was... God's goal to give you his glory. It was God's goal to give you what he had. The secret is out. Humanity, city, fathers, families. God's not hiding anything from you. He laid his cards out on the table and he said, you choose what you believe. As for me, I'm gonna love you. your face I'm going to be there and I'm going to love you and along your journey you'll forget about me meaning you won't look to me as your first option but I'm always going to be there I'm always going to be there You'll sense me. I'll even tell you things through other people. I'll teach you some things. And you'll see yourself getting better. But it's my love. Hey, and don't be afraid. Because perfect love, it casts out all fear. So even if you fail, and even if you sin, perfect love it's there it's waiting and I'll never change my opinion about you okay here's the last one I don't cry I'll... 
Number three, see you as you are. See you as you are. The final piece to this gospel is extremely important due to the fact that it impacts every aspect of our life. We must see ourselves as God sees us. It's a matter of life and death. Are we decaying? Or are we prospering? John 15, 5 says it like this, Jesus speaking, I am the sprouting vine, and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness, what a word, fruitfulness will stream from within you, but when you live as separated from me, you are powerless. In this verse, listen, Jesus says that he is the sprouting vine, meaning that he is the source. And he says that we are the branches. He didn't say, Christians, try to be branches. He says, you are a branch connected to the living vine. And to realize that, can I tell you, as we realize we are his branches, we only have to abide or remain or rest in Christ Jesus, the sprouting vine. How do we do that? How do I remain? How do I rest? How do I stay there? Here it is. We stay there by being conscious of our position in Christ. There's a difference in being sin conscious and sun conscious. Sin conscious, you rehearse all your failures. You rehearse all your mistakes. You rehearse what you don't like. And some of us live in this place we don't realize what we're doing to our soul. Remember, it's not your spirit that needs saving, it's your soul. So we're speaking out of a soulish realm. Not good enough, failure, can't accomplish it, it's impossible. Are you hearing me? To be son conscious or daughter conscious, the first thing that comes to mind would be this. Wait a minute. I have to think what I think about. So let me change this up a bit. No, I'm not a failure. God is doing something. Those mistakes, man. But right now, God has forgiven me of my mistakes that past life is dead this new life I live unto God I am a son I am a daughter in God's kingdom 
And many of you have to start talking out of the spirit and not the soul. I do most of my best preaching by myself. I'm telling you. There was a moment this past week where I was thinking, I'm sitting there working, and it's like that that it can happen. This is what Paul talks about, pray without ceasing. It's not that you're there just praying and praying and praying. It's that you're having communication with God. You're, you're rehearsing what he said. You're, you're saying what he believes about you. You're having a good confession. There was a moment I, I sat there and I was like, man, have you ever had a moment where you got something, you were blessed, and then like, you know, you kind of move on from that blessing. You're like, God, can you do it again? <laughs> Can you do it again, God? Kind of like in the same way. It'd be really nice. And I began to doubt, what if it's not possible? What if it can't become? And then immediately, can I tell you, my sonship rose up. The Holy Spirit, okay, convicts the world of unrighteousness. Keyword: world. Keyword, world, many non-believers. But the Spirit ministers to you in your righteousness. Meaning He reminds you who you are. <laughs> so in that moment, the Holy Spirit ministered to me and reminded me, hey, you're a son. He reminded me that all things are possible with God. And so in that moment, guess what I did? I took him at his word. I took a deep breath and I trusted and I saw myself in union with God and at my desk, I praised. Take every thought captive. Think about what you think about. Change your belief system. If you got to talk to yourself, then you talk to yourself like a crazy person. Hey, you're going to be a healed and whole and rich crazy person. Because you're saying all the right things to yourself. But hear me, in this life, here's what happens. And I'm almost done, I promise. Here's what happens. The enemy, he does his best work on trying to get you distracted while all of this stuff, the stuff that doesn't amount up to what you want, the stuff that doesn't close the loop, the stuff that doesn't build, the stuff that you feel like you're missing something in, that stuff, he, he tries to distract you in that. But hear me, while the gospel declares your position in Christ, the enemy will try to make you focus on your condition. And your condition is not your position. Your condition is not your position. Because I remember my parents telling me as I, as I grow up, yo, you have a call of God on your life. We gave you up to God. It, I, I don't know, but you're, you're God's now. Every time I messed up, they told me, eh, well, you're God's. Police came knocking on the door. Oh, well, you're God's. Okay. 
But hear me, my parents could have taken my condition as the truth as a child because I was supposed to die four months, four months. I remember my mom telling me this story. She said, that was your condition, but it wasn't your position. There's a difference. Because if you have a condition right now, that condition can change. Anybody that have something not going right in their body, that is a condition. But we know that truth stands forever and forevermore. That it can change based on the word of truth, which is found in Christ Jesus. While the enemy tries to get you to focus on your condition, child of God, focus your eyes on your position in Christ. Matter of fact, he says that I have raised you up to sit at my right hand. You're co-seated in heavenly places. This means that when you go everywhere, you bring light into darkness. Your life and this existence is worth way more than you actually realize. Build that business. Write that book. Continue to lead that family. Be an entrepreneur. Go into politics. Change the world. What you carry on the inside of you, this world is yearning for. And they're looking in the wrong places, but I'm telling you, it's right in here. The secret is out. Christ in you. The hope of glory. The hope of glory. Oh my gosh, I don't know why I feel this so strong today. The hope of glory. I, I've said that verse over and over and over again, but today it's hidden differently. Let me close with this major mind shift. No matter how hard you try to change, you can't change yourself. Those that have been on a journey of I don't like to use the word, but deconstructing previous beliefs. You know what this means. Because the truth is that no matter how hard you try, you can't change yourself. If you could, you would have no need for grace. You would have no need for a savior. Jesus came and gave us his life. That is lasting change. And lasting change, can I tell you, is all about an exchange. Here's the good news. While you can't change yourself, what you can do is have an exchange with God simply by believing and trusting in Jesus. You can live a free and full life. You can experience lasting change. An exchange sounds like this in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. That's the old life. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Man, what an exchange. The old for the new. This is the greatest trade-off known to mankind right here. Your sin for God's grace. Your unrighteousness for his righteousness. Your weakness 
for his strength. Your bondage for his freedom. Your sickness for his health. Your spiritual death sentence for his eternal life. Your poverty for his, for his provision. Come on, if you believe that, come on. Just praise him today. What a great exchange this is. Come on, he's given you everything you need for this life, for godliness. What a setup. On this Father's Day, hear me. <laughs> a father is supposed to teach their kids how to overcome. And our Heavenly Father has bestowed upon us everything we need in this life so that we can reign with Him. Next time, you got a problem, you got an issue, here's a statement of faith that you can make. It's not my problem. Yeah. Mm -mm. Has my name on it? So what? It's not my problem. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you make good out of bad. That's not my problem. Why are you telling me about that? That's not my problem. That's God's problem. Because his promise is that I'm going to flourish in every season. That's his problem. <laughs> and if he defeated the sin problem, oh, he can take care of your junk too. Quit associating yourself with problems. Start associating yourself with royalty and promise and righteousness and peace and heal. Come on. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. Thank you, Lord. Today, Lord, we just thank you for allowing us to overcome and reign with you. To see the truth as it is, to see you as you are, and to see ourself as we are, Heavenly Father, what a blessing. You're taking us on this journey of deep revelation. And as you take us on this journey, Lord, I thank you that this is it is the truth that we know that we are being set free. Many of us are trapped in our minds, but hear me, believer. You're not trapped. Change the way you think. Filter every thought through the completeness and the finished work of the cross. You're no longer at the foot of the cross. You're no longer at the tomb but you're on the right hand of God. That is your position. That is your place. And Jesus, all of us celebrate it because it speaks not of someday, but of right here, right now. And if you're glad for that, come on, give him some praise.